coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. The weekly radio show that takes a licking and keeps on ticking and ticking and ticking. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show, the sometimes educational, sometimes irreverent, but always entertaining weekly broadcast. Hey, I'm back in the friendly confines of my uh, recording studio built here at my office just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. Yes, I'm back from Chicago, rested up almost, almost rested up, but uh, happy to be home. Always look forward to Chicago. Sorry to see it go, but after four long days, I just couldn't handle any more fun and uh, late nights. Uh, Tonight's show in pipe parts going to talk about the size of the bowl the length of the shank size of the bowl length of the shank had some discussions about that in chicago so we're going to touch on that my guest ryota shimizu of japan works in customer service for smokingpipes.com i sat down with him in the uh, hotel room in chicago we recorded a little interview since uh, japan's a oh 12 hours ahead 13 hours ahead but Anyway, that was fun. We'll, I'll play that back for you. Music, got a piece of music from a, a pipe smoker coming up. The mailbag will be dedicated all to the Chicago Pipe Show. For those of you that didn't get there, give you some insight into what happened. For those of you that were there and might have missed out on something or didn't get a chance to see something, I'll touch on that. I will say in regards to the Chicago Pipe Show, wow, I had a busy four days. Busy, busy, busy between meeting with folks for the radio show, visiting customers, working my table, making sure to get to all the dinners that I had planned. Busy, busy time. I want to especially thank uh, Scott Klein for Lou Malnati's. And if you ever get a chance to get to Chicago, check out Lou Malnati's Pizza. Can't be beat. I uh, got a final, the final pipe collector segment for the show is coming up and a rant at the end. So I want to say to everybody, sit back, relax. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you to smokingpipes.com. Here we go. This is internet radio. Thank you for calling smokingpipes.com. This is Barry. How can I help you? Meet Barry. He's our homegrown, all-American family guy in customer service here at smokingpipes.com. With 25 years of experience in sales, his dedication to customer service makes Barry pretty handy around here. He's on the phone all day helping customers like you from all over the globe pick out great pipes and pipe tobacco. Ciao, Barry. Tell me about your selection of a Savinelli autograph. Don't you know I saw that list of tobacco you carry online there. Maybe you could help me pick out a good Virginia, eh? You see, we hire not only the best people, we hire people who are as passionate about our products as you are. Just ask Barry why he loves his job at SmokingPipes.com. Because I don't just help people choose from our great selection of pipes, I smoke them. Call us at 1-888-366-0345 or check us out online at SmokingPipes.com. We are quality, we are experts, we are SmokingPipes.com. Welcome back. Hey, don't forget Sunday, Mother's Day. Make sure and give all those mothers out there a big happy Mother's Day for me. All right, in uh, pipe parts, 
let me talk about the size and length and the bowl and the yeah you know, the size of the bowl and the length of the shank and this that and the other and what blends it works with. So oftentimes I've heard that small pipes are good for flake tobaccos. Well, let me tell you, I have a completely different opinion. It's my opinion. I'm the leading expert on it, and you are welcome to it. Small bowl pipes are good for two things: short smokes and less complex blends. If the flake tobacco or the ribbon or whatever it is is a less complex blended, which means it has less mixture of different flavors, less different styles, different kinds of tobaccos in it, that small bowl is better for that. That small bowl will amplify the flavors that are in there. Also, if you just want a quick smoke or if you don't want a really big heavy pipe, that's what small bowls are good for. Big bold pipes are good for complex blends. The more complex the blend is, the more room you need for it. A bolder blend also is better in a big pipe. If a blend is too bold for you, put it in a big pipe. That will help smooth out some of the edges. And again, I've talked about it before, but I want to reiterate this. The bigger the burning area of tobacco, the cooler the smoke is going to be, the less amplified the flavors are going to be. So you want a big bowl for a big flavorful smoke or a tobacco blend that is more complex. So that way you've got the time to work your way through it. Now, uh, the other thing a big bold pipe is good for is for long sit downs or long rides, whatever it is. It's a longer smoke. So you want to make sure that the blend that you put into a big bowl does well changing over time. You don't want a blend that's going to turn on you after about 45 minutes of smoking. That has happened often to me. Happened often to me. Let me say that one more time. That has happened often to me where I get a specific type of tobacco or a blend or whatever it is. It works better in a smaller, shorter bowl or a shorter smoke because it doesn't have time to turn or filter itself all the way down. If the tobacco is getting too bitter at the bottom of the bowl, try it in a smaller pipe. Don't automatically think that small pipes are for flake tobaccos. There are some very complex flake tobaccos out there. Extremely complex blends that have multiple different uh, strains of tobacco in them. And when you rub them out or you bend and fold, whatever it is, you want as much you want that blend to smoke the way you want it to, so don't be afraid to put a flake tobacco in a big bowl. Don't be afraid to put your aromatics in a small bowl. Yeah, they may burn a little hotter because you've got a more concentrated burning area, but if you're not getting enough flavor out of it, try it in a smaller bowl. So that's why I have many different pipes. Now, the other discussion came up about the length of the shank versus the bit. I've always said it, I like lavats. I like a very long piece of wood shank and a small saddle bit. That's one of my favorites. That is one way to keep wood in contact with the smoke for a longer time. The other thing that a longer shank does or a longer stem does is it allows the smoke to cool further. However, the law of physics says that the longer the area that you have to draw from, 
the little bit harder you have to pull. So you run the risk with a long shank or with a long stem of getting that pipe overheated. Now, again, this comes to a comfort thing as well. When I'm in the car, I prefer short shanks or shorter pipes, a five and a half, five inch, somewhere in there. When I'm sitting and reading or sitting and working, I don't mind the six, six and a half inches, the seven inches. It gets, it actually does get the bowl away from my face further. So it makes it a little bit easier to work, a little bit easier to see what I'm reading. But if I'm in the car or if I'm working on something with my hands or if I'm out and about, I want a shorter pipe because it's just less cumbersome to carry. Now, the other thing that I noticed in Chicago, and I'll kind of jump ahead on this a little bit because this works into the thing that I saw. Uh, there's several pipe makers now that are making double bold pipes. Or what I should have said was double chambered pipes. It's essentially the gourd calabash. The gourd calabash has that big open gourd with the open air underneath it and then either has a porcelain or meerschaum bowl sitting on top of it. So once you, when you draw on the smoke, it spends time mixing in the gourd and then comes up the stem to you. There's a handful of pipe makers now that are making double chambered pipes where the pipe looks like, I don't know, two eggs stuck together with a stem coming out of one end and the bowl is in the front egg. I don't know how else to describe it, but I'm hearing from a lot of people, and I've yet to smoke this, so if anybody out there has any experience with a pipe like this, please post it on the forums. Tell me what you think. Post it right on the comments of the show. Uh, there's a lot of them that are doing this, and it looks intriguing to me because the air and the smoke having all that room to cool down and to mix seems like it should work. My concern is with how do you keep it clean over time. But they are different designs. I've seen some very uh, simple designs, seen some very intricate designs, really cool looking stuff. I saw a handful of them in Chicago. I'm going to start investigating and see about uh, picking one up for my collection. But that kind of answers the extra space within a small pipe kind of idea. So you might be able to get a... Uh, you might be able to get a cooler smoke out of a shorter pipe. Anyway, that's my uh, that's my opinion, my theory, my ideas on uh, size and length. Let me know what you think. Hey, hang on with us. We'll have uh, Ryota here in just a minute. There's nothing quite like fishing at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe. An American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Hey, people, it's your old pal, Jack. Now, you're listening to the Pipes Radio Show. What's it about? The answer is I don't have the first damn clue, but mostly I'm guessing it's a tobacco show about pipe smoking. So why don't you jam that in your pipe and light it up? Celebrity voices are impersonated. Welcome back. Remember, mailbag, rant, and music coming up later on. But right now, I want to play you most of the interview with Ryota hanging out in the hotel room. We were both smoking some, smoking our pipes and sitting back with a drink discussing it and uh, getting caught up on stuff. And found out we both uh, grew up in Los Angeles. So here it is. 
I'm sitting in my hotel room. Joining me is Ryota Shimizu from Japan. Ryota, you also work for SmokingPipes.com, correct? Correct. I, and what do you do for them? I do customer service and uh, provide information uh, in Japanese uh, for the Japanese customers. Now, when you're working, is it standard Japanese business hours? So you're up and you're up at from eight a.m. to five p.m. in Japan. In Japan time, yes. So everybody in the United States is asleep. It's you're asleep, the only no. one working. Exactly. Yeah. Now, where did you grow up? I grew up in uh, Los Angeles. Okay. And after high school, I, I moved to Japan to go to university there. Yeah. All right. Is your family from Japan? Mm-hmm. So you were your family was here. You were right. born here. Uh-huh. And then you went back there. Exactly, yeah. What's, what made you want to go back to Japan? Well, I never had any education in Japanese. So I thought after graduating high school, I thought maybe I'll give it a shot. And uh, because I was able to keep my Japanese, I wanted to um, uh, improve my Japanese too. So uh, I thought, why not? Did your parents speak Japanese in the house? Mm-hmm. Uh, I spoke. We spoke Japanese inside the house, but that was the only Japanese I was able to. Um, I was getting um, in LA, so, but I I loved reading books, and that's why I was able to keep my Japanese. When did you start smoking a pipe? I started smoking a pipe um, when I was 21 I think and I picked up my first pipe it was a bent because it looked more like a pipe and but I, I couldn't smoke it right um, so um, I, I quit for a year then I picked up again and this time I, I had a, a more of a straight more a quarter bent um, pipe and I was able to smoke that to the bottom and from then on I, I'm a pipe smoker what was do you remember what the first pipe was it was a Bushokan um, and I, I I was cleaning cleaning it and everything um, wrong I was smoking it wrong I was packing it wrong um, and so I'm pretty sure I, I can smoke that pipe better now uh, okay. but back then I didn't have information and I I wasn't too enthusiastic although I was interested in pipes and I didn't look it up on the internet for information on how to pack pipes so I just kind of did it on my own and that's probably one of the reasons why I couldn't get it right <laughs> was this in Japan? Mm-hmm. Uh, this was in Japan uh, I was a fr- I think fresh freshman or sophomore uh, in college or my university now, in Japan, the I know the smoke shops are very different from uh, from in the United States. Do some of them only sell pipes and accessories, and then some also sell tobacco because the the tobacco is licensed differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's a, a really strict licensing uh, in Japan in uh, tobacco products. Um, there are some um, pipe shop, as in like there's only pipes and no tobacco. But usually it's um, the t- tobacco shops that they, like sell cigarettes. Their their um, main 
uh, work, I guess. Uh, yeah. Main thing is the the cigarettes, and on the side they do pipes. Yeah. So it it it's very different because the the cigarette business is very big, and then the the tobacco and the pipes and the cigars are are very very small, very, very small, small, but a part of that business. Mm-hmm. Does. Uh, does Japan have the the European style cigarette kiosks, where you uh, a small store that just sells cigarettes? And... Uh, yeah, uh, those are more the the uh, the popular kinds yeah. now. Um, there are only a few shops uh, that have enough space to um, have pipes and cigars on display. So usually it's just a, like a cigarette stand. In a in a big city like Tokyo, how many places are there to buy a pipe? Um, a, a pipe, a, a, a tobacco shops that actually really put their effort into selling pipes, very little, uh, very little. Um, they might a certain uh, tobacco shop might carry one or two pipes, just because um, they had them for a really long time. <laughs> we got them a long time ago and they're still sitting there sitting there yeah and usually like uh the 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 lady old lady that, uh, that sells tobaccos um don't know anything about pipes um, they just have it there and sell it is there a interest in pipes from the youth in japan like there is here um I would like to say yes, but um, nowadays a lot we're not exposed to to pipes as um, uh, the the uh, the U.S. Um, people might be. Um, we have very little chance of getting close to a pipe smoker for one, and very little shops carry pipes, so it's um, it's difficult to say the how. Um, young people uh, see pipes but um, there is an interest even for for non-cigarette smokers so I think that's a good thing can you still smoke in a restaurant or a bar Uh, yeah right now um, yes Um, there's certain designated seats for uh, smokers and for non-smokers so that's I think they changed the law that, uh, although there's no, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, like fines for, for like restaurants, they are, are the government, local governments insist on having uh, designated seats for smokers and uh, non-smokers. So maybe I should move to Japan, because then I can smoke inside again. <laughs> Um, what are some of the questions that you get from your customers when in your job that that you think are interesting? Um, are, are most of the questions that you get actually about the physical pipes, or the or the questions more about the tobacco? More about the tobacco. There's a lot more uh, customers um, wanting to try different tobaccos because we have a very selected. Uh, um, there's just a few brands, few, yeah, a few brands that are they're um, available to us. Um, so yeah, a lot of uh, customers uh, like to try new tobaccos that's available on the site. Uh, 
they're not used to seeing 700 different blends of mm-hmm. pipe tobaccos and uh, so it would keep you busy just answering all those questions and trying out different tobaccos all day long right yeah in in a standard retail store in Japan, how much is a 50-gram pouch of pipe tobacco or 50-gram tin? 50-gram tin usually runs like 2500 uh, uh, yen. Yen. So about um, like $25. So it's not only is there a bigger selection, there's they're, better they're prices. Big, mm-hmm. They're really expensive because of the... Um, the, the tobacco taxes it's different um, I, I've noticed obviously that uh, in the US uh, there's a difference in the tobacco for pipe tobaccos and cigars and cigarettes yeah. in Japan they're all the same they're all um, the taxes on by weight so it, it could be cigarettes it could be t- pipe tobaccos it could be cigars they're all taxed the same We'll be back with more of my discussion with Ryota in just a minute. I'm not just a pipe smoker. I'm a Meerschaum pipe smoker. All of my pipes come from MeerschaumStore.com. They've been in business for 50 years, and I can trust that there will be no hassles. Orders are processed and shipped fast, and they have every shape you can imagine, including calabash, claws, dragons, horror, even a sexy series. MeerschaumStore.com, the most trusted Meerschaum store for 50 years. Welcome back. I hope you're enjoying getting an insight on to a little bit of what the uh, pipe smoking lifestyle is in Japan, a little bit of their uh, taxes and cost of it, and uh, hope we don't ever see that here in the good old United States. But uh, here's a little bit more of Ryota. And are are most of the most of the pipe smokers in Japan are they mainly older men that are? That are interested in it, or is it? Actually, there's a lot of the the th- uh, people in the 30s. Okay. Um, that that 30s, 40s, um, are really uh, the main, I think. And there are the the 50s and 60s who are picking up pipes because after um, retiring, uh, they're looking for a hobby, and they pick up a pipe because they think that they're ready for a pipe because to them it's it seems that pipes are for older people rather and not for for younger um, uh, it's more of an older man older men's uh, relaxing yeah sitting and reading a book or Mm -hmm. so what are are the are the same popular brands like Peterson Savinelli they're they're still popular in Japan still very popular Mm -hmm. um Suge pipes as popular as ever? Um, not so much, maybe. Um, uh, the thing is, uh, the, the Tsuge pipes, uh, like especially the uh, Ikebanas, they're not available uh, in Japan, <laughs> and so that that kind of I think makes it difficult. Um, when a when a pipe smoker or a, a novice 
pipe smoker in Japan uh, first starts looking through for information, they'll look at the the Tsuge uh, catalog, and they see these um, Sabinelli's, Petersons, and those sort of look like the sort of image of a pipe, especially the Petersons, I think. And so I think a lot of people start with a Peterson or a Sabinelli pipe. So it, it's very similar to what happens here. Um, is there an interest in all the American carvers here? You know, all the new American carvers in Japan? Yes, um, because a lot of new pipe smokers in Japan are um, are into the sandblasts. They, they, it's it's sort of a, a new sort of um, I guess idea to to appreciate the sandblasts, like the really craggy sandblasts, and um, so these American pipe makers with really deep sandblasts are, are uh, a lot of people are have a, um, um, are interested in it and uh, more than the smooth pipes. And I guess it it is kind of an American thing where the sandblast kind of took on its own art form mm-hmm. versus anywhere else. Um, when you're not smoking a pipe, what do you enjoy? What else do you enjoy doing? Um, I I, I like reading books, um, English or Japanese. Um, so I, I when I go out. Like on international travel, I buy a lot of books, um, and uh, so I, I I enjoy reading books and also music. Um, I'm into the oldies, the Beatles, the Beach Boys, um, things like that. When I, when I was in LA, I used to listen to uh, K Earth One Hundred and One, which is yeah. a, the oldies um, radio station. Yeah, so I enjoy music and reading books. And while you're here at the Chicago show, uh, what are you looking forward to trying to get a chance to see? Because I know your schedule's kind of busy doing your job. <laughs> Both of us have the same problem. <laughs> we have a big job to do, and we also want to have a whole bunch of fun. That's right, yeah. Um, I I would love to see... Um, I would like to, to uh, meet a lot of uh, uh, enthusiastic pipe smokers here. And also um, some of the uh, very difficult to get pipes, like Wolfgang Becker. <laughs> I'm a big fan of his pipes, and so I like I like to see if I could um, acquire one. Um, although in the uh, smoking pipes room, there's enough pipes for me to see. <laughs> and <laughs> in fact, I already bought one of them <laughs> to take back. So. I had I had that same problem myself. <laughs> we'll wrap this up and we'll get back you and I will get back to going out there and looking at thousands of more pipes because we've only seen 10,000 already. <laughs> With the fast five final questions. Sure. What is your favorite pipe? A Wolfgang Becker. And what is your favorite tobacco? Uh, McClellan's Virginia's. Like the Navy Cavendish twenty sevens, and what's your favorite drink? Whiskey. And your favorite place to smoke a pipe? Um, 
at a cafe. I have, I, have, I, I, I know a cafe that, that is really quiet. Not a lot of people come. And so it's, I have this whole smoking area to myself. And I, it has, they have a really nice chair, too. And I'm going to guess your favorite thing to do while smoking a pipe is reading a book. And listening to music. And listening to music. I could get along with the uh, listening to the music part. Reading the book, not so much. <laughs> but I could also watch a lot of old Japanese films. So. All right. <laughs> with that, we'll wrap it up. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your help with Tokotomi-san. No, thank you. I, had, I enjoyed it. And we're going back to having fun. All right, let's go. And there you have it. Most of my conversation with Ryota. Uh, Ryota and I went upstairs to the smoking pipes room and stood there and uh, drooled over, oh, good Lord, maybe a, maybe six, seven hundred pipes sitting out in their room. And uh, I was pointing out Japanese carvers and he was pointing out the uh, Danish and German carvers. So, Ryota, thank you for your time. Ryota also helped me with translation for a upcoming interview with uh, Hiroyuki Tokotomi. So that'll come up in a couple of weeks. Got to do some editing with that one before we play that. Uh, one of the beauties of a pipe show is I'd never met Ryota before. And what a great guy. What a great guy. Loved spending time with him. Look forward to seeing him at uh, future pipe shows as well. So, All right, we'll be back with the show in just a minute. There's nothing quite like a good book or my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. See for yourself at corncobpipe.com. This is Internet Radio. Welcome back. Hey, don't forget, please keep giving us those iTunes ratings and reviews. Rate us and review us on whatever podcast server you use. That helps get the show found, helps get the show more noticed, helps spread the word. Uh, If you're on other forums, let those other forums know about the Pipes Magazine radio show available on iTunes, Stitcher, Podkicker, Podcast.com, and uh, some other RSS radio feed and some other stuff that... I have no clue what it is or where it is to find it, but we're available all over the place, and we appreciate your help with uh, spreading the word of the show. Also, make sure and follow me on Facebook, Brian Levine. You will... uh, Thank you, yes. You will uh, see everything that I'm doing personally. And on top of that, you'll also see that this Saturday... My wife will be uh, graduating from UNC Charlotte. She went back to school two years ago to get her bachelor's degree, and it's been a long, been a long two years, but she finally made it. So Saturday we'll be celebrating, and then Sunday's Mother's Day. So I guess I'll be uh, taking care of whatever she uh, wants for Sunday, which probably means I will be cleaning the kitchen or something. Anyway, Monday. you've got mail. You've got mail. You've got mail. This entire mailbag segment will be dedicated to reviewing the Chicagoland Pipe and Tobacchiana Expo Chicago show. So here's what happened. Like I said last week, I got there on Wednesday, uh, went out to went to the Big Burn Chicago, the the cigar event, 
had a good time there. A little noisy, of course, but anyway, Thursday, spent some time out and around doing some retail. Thursday night, right after the show, right after the show, went with uh, Scott Klein to the pizza place that he recommended, Lou Malnati's. Great pizza. Wow. If you're ever in the area, check out Lou Malnati's. Friday morning was the uh, pre-show event, which is really only the time—the only time that I knew I was going to get a chance to walk around and wander around the event. And uh, yeah, I picked up a few pipes for myself. That was a lot of fun. Saw one pipe in particular, and it just—it just sung to me the minute I saw it. So I had to grab that. On uh, Friday evening, after a long day of doing some interviews and running all around the resort, which I think I wore out my room key going in and out of my door and up and down the elevator. More about the elevator later. There's a little lead into the rant. Uh, Friday night, we did our uh, Pipes Magazine radio show presentation in the big smoking tent. Kevin found uh, Mark Berman's nieces, 24. and 21 years old and they walked us into the room after we were introduced had a lot of fun got to poke a little fun at kevin got to see and meet some of the younger audiences younger crowd that was there um well received was a lot of fun kind of looked like a uh i don't know hall and oats set up up there with us two sitting on uh bar stool or on stools like that but anyway that was fun uh, during the entire show, the Father of the Flame documentary crew was walking around doing a ton of filming, just a ton of filming. So I wish them the best in getting the uh, getting the documentary done. They're doing great work. If you haven't seen it, go to fatheroftheflame.com, I believe it is. Uh, the Pipes Magazine group had a meetup on Saturday. Kevin had uh, samples of the Semois tobacco from Belgium and a 14-year-old Dunhill blend that was cracked open. Uh, there was a few more people than last year, so it was great to see the crowd coming out and gathering. I couldn't go. I was stuck at my table. Uh, speaking of my table, I thought this was a great show, probably one of the busiest I've ever had. It's uh, possible that attendance was overall on the higher side than last year i think a lot of it was there was a lot of first timers there and noticeably a great younger contingent there and women lots lots more women than normal there were some uh, notable high-end regulars or some of the more regular featured people in the pipe smoking community that were not there so that uh, that was a little disappointing to me but Attendance was good both days on the in the show. Lots of new faces. Love seeing the new faces come out. Hopefully, maybe I had uh, something to do with influencing that. A um, couple of cool new ideas. There was a company that does smoking jackets. Kevin had to buy one because uh, he's a pretty boy. I didn't say that out loud. But anyway, it's uh, SmokyJoe'sClothing.com. Come. They make gorgeous, beautiful smoking jackets. I'm gonna try to get them on the show in a couple of weeks to talk about their uh, talk about their smoking jackets and give a little bit more information about it. Uh, the other thing that I found that was fun was a uh, burlesque calendar. 
It is a calendar of really tastefully done photographs of 1920s, 1910s era clothed women smoking pipes and cigars. Their website is smokinggirlsofburlesque.com. They did a calendar that is just top-notch. They were there. There was also a lady handing out candy and selling candy and coffee there. So a lot of new, different kind of vendors to that the show's not used to seeing. Um, of course, a lot of artisan carvers, pipe carvers, lots of new ones that I didn't get a chance to really take a good look at their pipes. I know Kevin was busy buying a whole bunch of pipes for his collection. He likes the smaller, more traditional shapes, so he was out running around doing that. Uh, Mel Feldman of The Smoker from Albany. Big news was they re-released some of his blends. They're going to be re reproduced and tinned, and they'll be available shortly. Uh, Bill, our own Romeo Wood, got his hands on some of the original tin the original vintage tins and the new ones so he's going to be doing a comparison uh comparison review coming up soon um tobacco wise there were a ton of free samples handed out at the show tons and tons of free samples of pipe tobaccos all over the place you literally could have walked into the show with one pipe and walked out with more samples than you could smoke in the entire two days that you were there. Uh, John Seiler, thank you. Got to hang out with you for a little bit. Yeah, you he got to try some of the uh, 50-year-old Escudo. And guess who's got the other half of the tin? And guess who's smoking a bowl right now? Oh, must be me. Anyway, John was nice enough to... Give me a sample of a, uh, give me a bowl or two of a 20-year-old McClellan blend that they made, or a 20-year-old blend that McClellan made for Butera that was a perfect way to break in one of my new pipes. Uh, to say that there was a fair amount of drinking going on, there was good coffee everywhere, there was good drinks everywhere. Uh, Kevin, Bill, and I hung out on uh, Friday night, and then uh, apparently... Kevin on Saturday decided to see exactly how much fine Kentucky product he could consume in one night and uh, didn't make it up real early the next morning. So anyway, Kevin's not feeling too good. So that's the wrap up for the Chicago show. A lot of fun. Remember, if you can get to a pipe show, get yourself to a pipe show. You cannot afford to not go to a pipe show. The information that you gain, the samples, the samples alone are worth the trip. And the people that you meet are absolutely priceless. So, we'll be back in just a minute. Meet Aaron, one of the most important people at SmokingPipes.com. In our shipping department, he's one of the cogs in the highly efficient wheel, if you will, that's responsible for making sure your order goes out right every time. Ain't that right, Aaron? I don't know all about that cog in the wheel stuff, but I do know at SmokingPipes.com, I take my work very seriously. Pulling tents of tobacco, weighing bulk tobacco, triple checking orders, and getting them out the door. Since it's so easy to order from SmokingPipes.com, you're keeping Aaron pretty darn busy. Look at him go, go, go. <laughs> in fact, it's been a challenge to get him to stop long enough to say hello. But Aaron doesn't mind. He loves his job at SmokingPipes.com. Why is that, Aaron? Because I don't just ship pipes. 
I smoke them. Gotta run. <laughs> Just log on to smokingpipes.com or call us at 1-888-366-0345. We are quality. We are experts. We are smokingpipes.com. Welcome back. Hey, let's play some music now so I can finish off this bowl of escudo courtesy of Bill Roberts. Um, music tonight, Morton Gold, composer, conductor, pipe smoker, did a uh, chorale and fugue in jazz style. So this is kind of fun, a little complete change of pace from everything I've ever played before.
that, my friends, explains exactly how I feel about smoking this 50-year-old Escudo. Hang on, rant time, next. Do you need a reliable source for ordering pipes and tobacco? Do you find it difficult to get your favorite blends outside of the U.S.? Fournoggins.com stocks all of your favorite pipes and tobaccos and ships all over the world. All forms of payment are accepted and orders are processed the same day. There are no worries when ordering from Fournoggins.com. Fournoggins.com is your source for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We ship in the U.S. and international with no worries. Fournoggins.com for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. This is Internet Radio. Cowboy. Cowboy. We have come to the end of another show, and guess what? As I mentioned before, I was in and out of the elevators up and down the tower of the Pheasant Run Resort, and one time in particular, the elevator came up to the ninth floor to get me opened up. It was empty. I walked in, and I was not alone. No, I was not alone. I was in there with the previous lady's perfume. And let me tell you, if the elevator has to come up nine floors or a couple other floors from wherever she got off the elevator, and I walk into the elevator and I can still smell her perfume, do you think she might have been wearing too much? Do you think so? I mean, really. I've been in the smoking tent all day. I've been around smoke all day. All I can smell was smoke, and then I walk into that elevator, and it smelled like a whole different kind of house, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, ladies out there, listen to me. If your perfume is taking a ride up and down the elevator long after you've gotten off the elevator, back down on the half gallon of eau de toilette that you're wearing. Back down on it, please. We don't want to smell it long after you're gone. I don't think anybody else wants to smell it. Or, hey, here's a little advice. If you want to smell good and clean and fresh, instead of pouring on old uh, Frenchy uh, cologne there, take a bath. That would help. Yeah, I'd rather, much rather walk into a uh, elevator that smells like a nice, fragrant soap. But instead, this elevator was riding up and down, and who knows how long it had been since that uh, fragrant person had gotten off the elevator. Well, there you go. That's the rant for today. That's the show for today. I want to say a special thank you to all the listeners of the Pipes Magazine radio show, all 14,000, 15,000 of you. Thank you to all of you that stopped by my Brigham table at the Pipe Show. I appreciate all those wonderful comments that we received. I'm glad you all enjoy the show. I think you're enjoying it almost as much as I enjoy doing it every week. So, we're uh, coming up uh, Kansas City Pipe Show next in June 21st, 22nd, 23rd. Uh, race weekend's coming up here at home, so i got a busy month of May heading into a busy month of June. Make sure and leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes. We appreciate that. Got any questions or comments, post them in the forums. Send me a message. I do read them all. If you're interested in advertising on the show, contact Kevin Godby. He handles all that. With that, I'll say once again, thank you to SmokingPipes.com. Thank you to Bill Roberts for ruining my taste buds. And until next time, Happy trails to the 
Pipes Magazine radio show seminar on Friday night in the smoking tent at the Chicago Pipe Show. As promised, here it is. You are definitely a pipe collector. If somebody asks your favorite flavor and you answer McCraney's Red Ribbon, you might be a pipe collector. If you've ever said, reminds me of a P-lip to anyone, ever, you might be a pipe collector. If whenever you go to the antique mall, you seriously consider buying that yellow bowl with the missing stem, you might be a pipe collector. If you hide the packaging when the postman delivers your latest pipe, you might be a pipe collector. If you constantly bemoan the fact that there is no larger pipe bag on the market than a six, you might be a pipe collector. If you missed a mortgage payment because that pretty Dunhill went on sale, you might be a pipe collector. If you've ever spent more getting ready time choosing which pipe to smoke as opposed to actually getting ready, you might be a pipe collector. And if you plan your annual vacations around pipe shows, you are definitely a pipe collector. <laughs> 